Leadership is too hard and too complex to go it alone. And the good news is that you don't have to. Not only is Leadership on the Rocks a free podcast to help you thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives, but we absolutely love giving away free resources to help you overcome the biggest problems, conflicts, and constraints on the job. So be sure to go to leadershipontherocks.com slash free. That's leadershipontherocks.com slash free to get access to all of our free leadership resources. We're adding new freebies all the time. So go get your free leadership resources today at leadershipontherocks.com slash free. Why can't we get ahead of the busyness and overwhelmed feelings that we have in our lives? Y'all, I'm convinced it's because we keep seeking balance instead of harmony. Balance is about scales and weighing things against each other. Balance is about math. But life isn't a math problem to be solved to achieve even distribution for productivity. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese, and in today's episode, we're going to learn about finding harmony instead of seeking balance. Y'all, we have a problem in our lives, a big problem. As individuals, families, groups, and a society, we are stressed out and we're overwhelmed. So let's do a quick assessment here. If I asked you, what are the stressors in your life right now? Could you easily name them? I'm going to give you a second. What is stressing you out right now? What's making you feel overwhelmed right now? I want you to say it out loud. Now, maybe you could easily answer that work is your greatest stressor, or maybe it's your never-ending to-do list, or maybe it's the rocky relationships in your lives. Now, here's the beauty about the question, what are your stressors in your life? There's no wrong answer. (laughs) That's one test I can finally pass, right? It's just your answer. But I do want to press in a little deeper because if your answers did contain anything like work, to-do lists, or other people, I want you to think about something. Those things or people that you just listed, those are just your external problems. The outside stimuli kind of poking your stress bear, if you will. There's two other problems that you really need to dig deep and recognize in your life. And I need to recognize in my life. So the first problem is the external stimuli. The second problem is really our internal stressors. All that external stimuli is causing major internal problems within us. Problems like stress, frustration, exhaustion anger, anxiety, and all the things like that. That's inside of us. And going even deeper, it actually produces a third problem that we're experiencing. And our third problem is a philosophical problem. So for example, in the back of our minds, some of us are asking, is this all there is to my life? Or maybe we're thinking, why am I even doing this? Why do I exist? Or what's my real purpose? Because I don't feel like I'm living into one right now. To always be surrounded by stimuli that has most of us feeling stressed out, 
we can't help but ask these big philosophical questions. You know, for example, have you ever asked yourself if life is truly all about working a job you hate to pay bills you can't afford? (laughs) Or parents, have you ever asked, is parenting really just running my kids to and from all their activities and then checking their phones for bad stuff? You know, to continue our lives in a constant state of busyness, stress, and then questioning our lives, that can lead to some serious mental health issues. So why can't we get ahead of the busyness and the overwhelmed feelings? Well, my friends, we can. It's called harmony. So today let's talk about how to forget having balance or seeking balance and how to find harmony instead. Let me ask this question again. Why can't we get ahead of the busyness and the overwhelmed feelings that we have in our lives? I'm convinced it's because we keep seeking balance instead of harmony. Balance is about scales and weighing things against each other. Balance is about math. But life isn't a math problem to be solved to achieve even distribution for productivity. We have to stop looking at life like a math problem. When we seek balance, we're often just seeking perfection among and between all the variables in our lives. Now, on a side note, I never thought I would talk about math or variables. I'm I'm not a huge fan of math. (laughs) But we do put our lives into a math problem. And ultimately, we're chasing the blank to help us achieve perfection and balance of how our lives are supposed to be. Now, the blank could be chasing feelings, chasing the perfect relationship, the perfect job, or lots of other things. Everybody tends to have their own blank that they're chasing, right? That variable, that X that they're trying to solve in their life so that they get an answer to their life. So let me tell you two situations where this is inherently true. (laughs) Newly married couples and new parents. Now, new, new couples and new parents have an idea of the perfect marriage or raising the perfect child, so they compare everything they buy, do, or experience to that idea of perfection. I adore the Love's Diapers commercials when they highlight the difference in having the first kid and then having the second kid. With the first kid, the mom interviews a nanny with a master's degree in early childhood education and still has doubts about whether or not she's worthy enough to watch her precious baby. And with the second kid, the mom and dad meet the teenage babysitter dressed in grunge with a nose ring at the door and says, bye. (laughs) Now, in another Loves commercial, the first kiddo drops their pacifier on the rug at home and the mom is like, no, 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 no. And then she goes and she boils it. And then with the second kid, the baby drops the pacifier on the ground at the park, and the mom picks up the pacifier, puts it in her own mouth to clean it off, and then hands it back to the baby. These commercials are so true about the coming of age within seasons of parenting. We start off seeking perfection, and hopefully most of us realize that perfection isn't possible, so we make adjustments to the life that we're actually living versus the one we thought we'd be living. But y'all... While we might adjust our parenting expectations of germs in a clean house by baby number two, are we making adjustments in all the other areas of our lives? Or are we still seeking perfection in the name of balance? Oh man, (laughs) I have to admit that sometimes I live out the definition of insanity 
by trying to get different results in a specific area of my life, (laughs) by continuing to do the same darn things over and over and over again. And that's insane. You know, sometimes I keep chasing perfection. I keep chasing balance. In fact, I'm finding out that I have a habit of chasing the blank. With the blank being anything that I'm looking to or in or for, you know, if I only had blank, then my life would be, feel balanced. If I only had blank, then it would feel perfect. Or if my husband would only do blank, then we would have a happy marriage. Or if my kids would only be blank, then we would have more peace in our home. If only my boss would just do blank, then I wouldn't be as stressed. Oh, and let me tell you about my coworkers. If they would stop doing blank, then everything would be good. Y'all, we are losing pieces of ourselves while we're chasing the blank of our lives. Now, some of you listening may be saying, yeah, I don't chase perfection, Bethany, because I know it's not possible. Okay, you know, good for you. But are you spending your life chasing control? Are you spending your life chasing validation from others? Ouch, those two always get me. Control and validation. So if we know that perfection and balance aren't possible, then are we ever going to find that inner peace and contentment in our work and our life? I truly believe the answer is yes, absolutely. But we've got to stop seeking balance. Instead, we need to train our minds to seek harmony. We know balance is about equality and equations, but what's harmony? Let's find out. The dictionary first defines harmony as a combination of simultaneous musical notes in a chord or a pleasing arrangement of parts. A second definition is that harmony is an interweaving of different accounts into a single narrative. Now, think about those definitions for a minute. Harmony is a pleasing arrangement of different parts and an interweaving of different accounts into a single narrative. Ah, harmony sounds amazing, doesn't it? In thinking about these two literal definitions, We at Leadership on the Rocks wanted to define harmony in terms of our work and life. So we developed a Leadership on the Rocks definition of harmony, which is finding beauty and joy in the imperfect present and along the path of progress. Let me say that again. Harmony is finding beauty and joy in the imperfect present and along the path of progress. So let's break the definition down, because if we don't know what harmony is and what it looks like, then how are we going to find it? So first, we need to understand that harmony is finding beauty. Now, have you ever been to a museum of art, you know, where you're standing there looking at a piece that people praise as exquisite, but you're like, eh, I don't get it. I don't see a beauty of the toilet with some paint on it. (laughs) So remember the famous saying, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Beauty is relative to the eye gazing upon it. Now, some people may be looking at your life and be like, ugh, why is Bethany so miserable? She's got it all. She's got a great family, a well-paying job. Or sometimes people may look at your life and say, yikes, I don't get it. How can Bethany seem so happy when her life seems so chaotic? Y'all, we've got to stop comparing ourselves 
to others. And we got to stop comparing others to ourselves. Comparison is the thief of joy, which is our second part of our harmony definition. Harmony is finding beauty, whatever beauty looks like to you, and finding joy. Now with joy, it's with joy of being content and grateful for what you have despite the circumstance you find yourself in. Again, comparison is always looking at what you don't have or judging others against what you do have. And comparison steals joy. Comparison steals gratitude and comparison steals contentment. So going back to our definition, Harmony is finding beauty and joy in the imperfect present. Remember that perfection isn't possible. We're flawed human beings. We didn't marry a perfect spouse. We don't have perfect kids. And we don't have a perfect boss or job. So it's the imperfect present, the here, the now. The life you're actually living now versus the one you thought you'd be living that is so beautiful and full of joy. So harmony is about recognizing the beauty and joy of the imperfect present. Now, I hope that you have your waiters on because now we're going to go even deeper into our definition. Harmony is finding beauty and joy in the imperfect present and along the path of progress. We know perfection is impossible, so we have to stop chasing it. It's all about progress. You and I are not going to be the perfect spouse parent, or leader. But every day we can take our lessons learned from our yesterdays and become better today because of those lessons learned. So no matter what you're working on, it's about progress over perfection. So let's get our minds right in what we're looking for. We're looking for harmony. We're looking for beauty and joy in the imperfect present along the path of progress. Okay, so we know what harmony is. We know what we're looking for, but how do we find it? Now, I've learned throughout my life and career that there are four areas that will nurture or kill harmony. Now, on a side note, you've heard me talk about these four areas before in episode 26, where we focus specifically on how you need to conquer them in leadership. But today we're going to talk about the four areas or really just universal principles that they are and how they're going to nurture or kill your harmony. But as we look at these four areas, know that I'm not going to give you a checklist. I can't. I can't give you a checklist because harmony is personal. Harmony is found inside you. You can't borrow it from somebody else. So as I briefly cover these four areas, I want you to think about the spirit of them. We are so used to checklists and tactics and very specific things to do, you know, inputs that equal outputs. But you have to figure these four areas out in your own life, relationships, and work to find harmony. You can't compare your lack of harmony to someone else's having harmony and then use their plan. Harmony doesn't work that way. It flows from the inside out, not the outside in. So the four areas that nurture or kill harmony are the head. It's our mindset. The second area is our heart or our relationships. The third area is our hands or the execution. And the fourth area 
are our guts or the accountability. Now, the first area that can nurture or kill harmony is our own head. It's our mindset or how we think about things. What most people want within our innermost being is purpose in life, confidence in our identity, and peace within our soul. And then we want contentment within our circumstances. That's what we're made to long for. But what's keeping us from experiencing these things is ourselves. The biggest problem and battle that we face in life and leadership is the one in our own heads. But the truth that we have to come to terms with is that our mindset or how we think about things greatly affects our experiences. We could be living what others would see as the perfect life, but still be miserable because of our inner thoughts. We face an internal battle within our self-talk and our priorities. Our self-talk, y'all, it can be vicious. Just with our thoughts, we can send ourselves down a toxic spiral of anxiety, stress, anger, and depression. We can literally be our own worst enemy, all because of how we think. To find harmony, we have to learn how to reframe our thoughts into more positive self-talk. Now, when we slide down that slippery slope of our thoughts to despair, let's be kind to ourselves. Just by saying something like, well, that did go as planned. What can I learn from it for next time? Just by saying something like that, we're changing our mindsets from fixed to growth, which is huge in finding harmony. When it comes to the internal battle for our priorities, We've got to get out of the sandbox of life. (laughs) We have to look at all the things vying for our attention and our affection and decide if it's a sand element, you know, the non-essential things, or if it's a rock element. It's essential and important. We've got to stand, y'all, a little taller with a little more backbone and not play the victim in our own lives. Each of us gets to choose what we focus on what we do or what we don't do, what we say yes to and what we say no to. So decide your essential rocks and then stand firm. Don't let the sand elements of life chafe away your harmony. So to find harmony, we have to overcome the head. We have to overcome the mental battles that we face in our own heads because no matter our circumstances, it's our mindset that affects our experiences. Now, the second area that can nurture or kill harmony is our heart, our relationships and how we engage with others. And (laughs) the truth that we have to come to terms with is that we're wired for connection and community with others. If anything in this present world has taught us about the importance of connection, it's the pandemic. But man, oh man relationships are the sweet and sour (laughs) of harmony between our work and home lives. Our relationships support us in the hard times, or sometimes our relationships create the hard times for us. So first, we have to come to terms with our desire of image management. Now, I've talked about this before, but image management really means that we focus the relationship around a mirror image of us, of ourselves. In other words, we tend to believe that the way the other person behaves or responds is a reflection on us. We have got to learn detachment, not detachment from people or relationships, 
detachment from image management, that control. Now, again, that's not distancing ourselves from the other person, but being able to separate them from our image. We're not to live vicariously through other people. We've got to detach our images from our kids, from our spouse and our jobs. I've got to stop expecting my husband to act like a 40-something-year-old woman. He'll never be that, and he won't think like that. So while we do interact and engage, we have to release the pressure of them defining us or them acting just like us. Now, the second area of our heart, we've got to stop looking at our relationships in silos. We've got to know that things are connected to biology and psychology and even seasons. I've talked a lot about psychology on this podcast, and while I'm definitely not a psychologist, here's just a fundamental truth that's not that hard to grasp. People want to be seen, heard, and valued. But if we're selfish in our relationships, then we won't ever see, hear, or value other people more than ourselves. So psychology and relationships will always be at play. And honestly, so will the concept of seasons. Y'all, relationships go through seasons. And not every season is a budding of life (laughs) like spring. Sometimes you have winter in a relationship. So whether it's our romantic relationships, our parenting relationships, or our professional relationships, change is a guarantee. So for example, you know, let's think about marriage. There's always going to be seasons that your relationship goes through. And the quicker that we recognize the season, the better that we can work through it, right? If you're experiencing winter, you know to grab your coat. (laughs) So, you know, for example, there's a season of budding romance and growing families and always brings such excitement and joy of what's to come. But then there's the season of being just business partners in the marriage where, You're pouring out all your time and attention and sweat equity into your kids. This is the season of calibrating calendars and dinner conversations about finances and really just wanting a nap more than sex. Then there's the season of harvest where you can celebrate that your kids are independent and you're able to play with your spouse again. By recognizing the season that you're in, you not only remove the shock factor from the moment, but the image management of feelings. So you don't look at your current emotions, your current reactions or circumstances in your relationships as a silo. You try to zoom out and identify the psychology and the season that's at play. Then you're gonna find more harmony in knowing how to respond. The third area that can nurture or kill harmony is our hands or execution and how we get things done. And and that's what most people want. They want the feeling of satisfaction of getting things done. But what's keeping us from getting things done is being reactive to situations, to chaos, conflicts, and constraints. And the truth that we have to come to terms with is that most of our time, energy, and attention is spent on the non-essential things of life. Remember, our sand elements from earlier, remember that sand, that chafing? Whenever you focus on the really non-urgent, non-essential things, those sand elements of life, it is going to chafe you. And if you've ever experienced chafing, it's terrible. (laughs) It rubs you the wrong way and it keeps you from finding harmony. But unfortunately, most of our work is focused around those small, non-essential elements of life. 
And so that we think that if we just had more time or just managed our time better or organized our sand into a perfect plan or checklist, then we'd be successful in checking our boxes so we could feel good and move on to the next box. But trying to manage or organize all the small, non-essential things that's nagging at us really just has us in a constant state of frustration because we're focused on everything. Harmony isn't found in managing the time, plan, or boxes of the sand elements of life. It's found in our highest points of contribution towards our essential rocks. And if you want to learn more about essentialism, then I strongly encourage you to read um, Greg McKeon's book, Essentialism. I've got that linked in our show notes under resources. But y'all, harmony is found in doing the right thing at the right time for the right reason. Harmony is found in saying no to the good to be able to say yes to the best. Remember our definition of harmony about the imperfect present? Harmony is found in the imperfect present. It's being able to think through all the things that are going on right now and being able to know what's most important. And then you step into what's most important and you find joy and you find beauty and you find peace in all of those things. By saying no to the lesser things and then proactively planning on the things that are most important, we're removing the feeling of chaos by adding structure. We're removing the conflict by clarifying expectations and roles. And we're responding to constraints by streamlining the work. And here's where the harmony statement of the path of progress comes into play. As a person, a spouse, a parent, and professional, we need to focus on progress over perfection in our work. There are so many things beyond our control in this world that we just can't develop the perfect plan and know that it's going to be implemented by perfect people. None of that exists. (laughs) So when it comes to working with people, It's an absolute fallacy to believe that inputs will always equal outputs. People aren't cogs in a machine. So there's so much room for error that we've got to be willing to celebrate the progress. We've got to step into those hard conversations and give feedback. It's always about progress over perfection. Your kids won't get things right every time. Shoot, (laughs) you and I are not going to get things right every time. So focus on progress over perfection. Now, the fourth area that can nurture or kill harmony is our guts, (laughs) our accountability, taking responsibility for behaviors and actions. That's really what I mean. But what's keeping us from accountability is vagueness in the expectations, or maybe it's being too nice uh, that we don't have the hard conversations. Maybe it's being passive aggressive when it comes to telling people what we need or what we want. And maybe it's playing the victim when things don't turn out well. And the truth that we have to come to terms with is that it is hard. It's hard to speak up and it's hard to take ownership of ourselves. It takes guts to admit when we're wrong. It takes guts to admit when we need help. And it takes guts to hold others accountable. There are some huge enemies to accountability that we allow way too much power in our homes and in our places of work. And those enemies are, one, focusing on equality over equity. Two, 
The second enemy is really avoiding conflict. Three, this one is almost a pet peeve of mine. (laughs) It's painting with a broad brush. So let me explain those three just a little bit more. We focus too much on equality over equity, meaning giving everyone the same instead of giving everyone what they need to be successful. We also sweep bad behavior under the rug because we don't want to deal with a conflict that will probably come if we say something. And we'll get to a point where one person is causing so much disruption that we scold or punish everyone. Now, the biggest offender here is the boss that sends out an email to every employee when everybody knows it's really only one or two people that are breaking the rules. Hate that. (laughs) To have harmony, we have to start with clarity. We can't hold people accountable to unspoken expectations. Our husbands, kids, and coworkers can't read our minds. We've got to speak out and explain our expectations. We have to be kind and caring enough to then step into the hard conversations when people violate or don't meet those expectations. And we have to speak up about things that matter by knowing when to use a megaphone and speak loudly and when to talk at the table and speak softly. And let's think about ourselves. We're not innocent. We have got to hold ourselves accountable. We've got to take ownership for our actions, our words, instead of playing the victim and giving all the reasons why it's not really our fault. Just be quiet. I want you to think about the situation and think about what you could have done differently that could have helped. Maybe you don't have 100% ownership, but chances are you always have a small percent. So take ownership for yourself and then speak up about it. I'm sorry I wasn't clear. I'm sorry that I responded badly or reacted with strong emotion. Take ownership for your actions. When you do that, you release it all and you actually have more harmony because you're like, yeah, I'm so sorry. Let me work on that. That is my bad. And it just helps propel you forward in having peace in your own heart. So y'all, we struggle. We struggle so bad to step into hard conversations for fear of conflict. But if we ever hope to have harmony in our lives, then we have got to pluck the weeds of silence by speaking up about things that matter. Okay, to recap, (laughs) when we look at the secret of finding harmony, I want to leave you with this thought. There's really no secret. Each of us have to learn to find the beauty and joy in the imperfect present and along the path of progress. Harmony is not a feeling that we chase. It's a state of mind that we learn through our experiences. And harmony can be nurtured or killed because of our head or our mindset. It can be nurtured or killed because of our heart and the way that we have relationships with others. It can be nurtured or killed by our hands and how we execute. And it can definitely be nurtured or killed by our guts or lack of the accountability. And if you think about these four areas for your life and your work, I want to encourage you. As you think about the various ways that you can apply what you've learned, your brain is probably going to turn all this stuff into a massive to-do list in your head. And to-do lists in and of themselves, as we learned in our previous episode, can really overwhelm you. So here's a few pieces of advice I really want you to consider as you think about the application of the four areas in developing harmony. 
First, I just want you to think about the spirit of the strategy or the big picture of the areas, right? The head, the heart, the hands, and the guts. Just think of what that really means big picture-wise. Now, second, I want you to know that the ideas or any specific tactics that you come up with are just possible actions. There's no perfect input to get a perfect output. There's no perfect plan. So all of the things that you think you want to do in those areas to grow and progress, just know that it's going to be a lesson in progress. You've got to have flexibility. You've got to have interchangeable actions and continue to grow. And again, third, start small and stay consistent. You, you got to celebrate those small wins. Again, focus on that progress over perfection. Now, until next time, make sure that you continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. <laughs>